0: This, this morning uh, this morning we're going to continue over the last few weeks we've been studying about the power of words and 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 last week we sort of started talking about how uh, the Holy Spirit the the, the one uh, instrument in the human body that the Holy Spirit chose was the human tongue and we spoke about praying in tongues we spoke about praying in the Spirit and I want to really further on with that and, and, and teach a bit more on that and we've sort of in a sense never had that much to speaking or teaching on this we've had it in different settings but not on a Sunday morning but I finished off on this scripture last weekend and I want to start up on this one Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9 it says for then I will restore to the people a pure language we learned last week that that language is the language of the Holy Spirit there's no other language on this planet that is pure apart from the words that come out from the Holy Spirit that they may all call on the name of the Lord the reason of, of, of praying in the Spirit the reason of praying in tongues is to call on the name of, of the Lord to serve Him with one accord we know that when the Holy Spirit comes that they were in one accord so why don't we pray this morning Father I thank You for Your Word I pray God that this morning that even though there are many scriptures that I've got to sort of pull up I pray God that your spirit your your people will be open that they'd be listening that they would be attentive and that this word would not return void I pray I come against any spirit of oppression any spirit of depression any spirit of heaviness right now I take authority in Jesus name and I command you to flee and I declare that there will be joy in the house that there will be peace that surpasses all understanding and that this would be good soil that would just produce 30 60 100 fold in Jesus name we pray and everybody shout Amen, amen, amen. So we're gonna, we're gonna continue on this and what I'm gonna do this morning is really, I'm just gonna pull up, literally it's just gonna be like a little Bible study. I'm gonna pull up a few scriptures and we're just gonna see what God does. I think I need to set the premise here and say what I love about Downpour is yes, we are uh, a Pentecostal church, but, but 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 what I love about Downpour is uh, one person's excited. <laughs> what I, uh, He's gonna get his credentials from them. So <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm excited, but it's not just that. Uh, what I love is we do have people from different backgrounds, people that grew up in different environments, different faith systems, different uh, even in the Christian faith, different church backgrounds, and I love that. I think God's called us to reach every person. Uh, I I never want to sort of categorize, say this is the kind of people that we want. I believe God's called us to reach all people. And so I'm aware of that. And maybe you've had, uh, you've probably heard about praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit, or you've probably never heard about it. And maybe you have, but your experience with it was not all that great, or probably you have never, and you're just sort of a bit confused. And my prayer this morning is that that I would be able to demystify some of the things and maybe even help us understand a bit bit more, uh, I think one of the things that people get a bit hurt or offended about is when people start saying, if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've ever been in a, in a Bible study or something and they say if you don't, uh, you know, how many of you have the, in fact, people ask the question, how many of you have the Holy Spirit? And then, or do you speak in tongues? If you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And that's a bit offensive uh, because maybe you're here and you're like, I don't speak in tongues, but I have the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you right now, you're right. You have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we cannot confess that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into repentance. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus to us. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. And that's the only way we can confess Him as Lord. And how many of you know that when the disciples were walking with Jesus, they knew Jesus? They confessed Jesus as Lord. But having said that, Jesus said to them, even though they confessed him as Lord, Jesus said to them, I need you to wait in Jerusalem until you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that helps us understand that there are really two experiences of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us, but Jesus does not just want us to have a revelation. Jesus wants us to have a manifestation. Jesus wants us to have the power to empower us to live this life. How many of you know that just knowing about Jesus doesn't help us in life? Even the devil believes in Jesus and he trembles, but it does not really help him. (laughs) Even the devil believes the word, but it does not mean he has power. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I know you believe in me, but the way you access this life of power, the way you access this life that Jesus speaks about, this abundant life, is by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus commands the disciples, the same disciples that confessed Him as Jesus, that confessed Him as Lord, the same disciple that knew the Holy Spirit or had the Holy Spirit, He asked them to wait for the power. In fact, last week, I'm not going to spend too much time, but we studied Acts 1 and 2 where the Spirit of God came and they began to speak in unknown languages. But the problem is, even with what happened in Acts 1 and 2, there are so many doctrinal circumstances. Some, some uh, denominations, some movements believe that the reason why they spoke in other tongues was because God gave them the missionary anointing is because God wanted them to speak languages so that the gospel could be, there was no Google Translate, so God needed to employ the Holy Spirit to translate the gospel. And so there's a bit of theory and there's a bit of theology on that. And so sometimes people say that was a one-time incident. But what I want to do this morning is I want to pull up every single incident in the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit came, something else happened. In fact, I'm just going to you know, sort of like, spoiler alert, every single moment the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, they spoke in unknown tongues and they prophesied. Every single moment. And you're like, yeah, that was probably just in the book of Acts, but we're gonna see some things unfold. In fact, I'm calling this sermon, that which you see and hear. Because in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, Peter stands up. We spoke about Peter's foul mouth. If, if, you, if you did not listen to last week's sermon, I want to encourage you to listen to it if you weren't here, because I'm just sort of this sort of part two or point two from there. But Peter stands up because they're all speaking in tongues. There's a lot of confusion. And he says in Acts chapter two, verse 33, now he is exalted to the place of honor in heaven. He's talking about Jesus. As at God's right hand, and the Father, as He had promised, gave Him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. The original translation says, that which you see and hear. This tells me something, that whenever the Holy Spirit comes, there's something you're going to see, and there's something you're going to hear. You get it? Like, like, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, sometimes I hear people say, I have the Holy Spirit. Well, like, is there any evidence? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I have the silent Holy Spirit. He's on mute. You can't hear Him, or you can't see Him, or there's nothing happening. Uh, I'm praying in English, but it's really in tongues. And But I want to encourage you this morning. Whenever the Holy Spirit came, there is something that is obvious. There is something that you see. There's something that you sense, that which you see and hear. Every moment in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit Uh, turned up in Acts chapter two, for example, you know that there was something that was seen, there was something that was obvious. I wanna now read Acts chapter eight, another incident in the Bible where the Holy Spirit came. It says in verse 12, but now the people believed Philip's message of good news. So just to give you context, Philip went on a, on a, on a mission trip to Samaria. He went as an evangelist. These guys that don't know about Jesus, he shares about Jesus. They get converted to Jesus. They, they confess him as Lord. It says, concerning the kingdom of heaven and the name of Jesus, as a result, many men and women were baptized. So these guys are not just being saved. They're not just lifting their hands and saying, I want to know Jesus. They're getting wet there. They're getting baptized in the pool of water baptism and all sorts of things are happening, but we read in verse 13, then Simon himself, there's just one of the guys in Samaria, believed and was baptized, he began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip was performing, so I want you to see this, Philip was not just sharing the gospel, he was demonstrating the gospel, people were being healed, people were being saved, miracles were happening, How many of you think there's there's Holy Spirit when that happens? How many of you think that's something the Holy Spirit does? But check out what it says in verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem so Jerusalem's another city the main h- HQ where the holy spirit first came when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message they sent Peter and John there now why would they send Peter and John isn't Philip already there check out why in verse 15 as soon as they who Peter and John as soon as they arrived they prayed for these new believers to receive the holy spirit wait a minute don't these guys already have the holy spirit I mean, they just confessed Jesus as Lord. They just got water baptized. Now, why was Peter and John praying for them again? Because, friend, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit, one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin and to reveal Jesus to us, but the other purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us and to fill us and to allow us to pray in the way that God's called us to pray. And what Peter and John were saying was, I know you've been water baptized, but you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and power and fire, and what begins to happen is you will begin to speak in other tongues and you will begin to prophesy they were saved but they hadn't received the holy spirit it says in verse 16 in case you're not sure the holy spirit had not yet come upon any of them can i say to you when the holy spirit comes in you you confess him as law when the holy spirit comes upon you you begin to speak in other tongues They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord. In Verse 17, it says, and Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers. They received the Holy Spirit. And then it says in verse 18, I don't want to focus so much on Simon, but I want to focus on what happened. It says, when Simon saw, now how did Simon see? How did Simon see that the Spirit was given? Did a bird come? Did a lion come? Was there fire? Like how did he see? I believe what he saw was them speaking in unknown tongues he saw them speaking in a foreign language there was an evidence that which you see and that which you hear and i'm just this morning all i'm doing is i'm just reading scriptures and i'm believing as i'm reading scriptures maybe your faith is being lifted up your appetite is in a fresh place and you're saying i'm I'm beginning to understand what god is saying the next incident i want to look at is in the life of apostle peter and in acts chapter 8 apostle peter is preaching And it says in, sorry, Acts chapter 10, it says in verse 44, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of them who were listening to the message. I love what it says. It says all who are listening. It doesn't say all you who were hearing. I think all of us are hearing, but there's one thing to hear. It's another thing to listen. And listen is being positioned where you're saying I'm listening to this message because God is speaking to me. I'm listening to this word because God is doing something in my life. I'm, I'm preparing my heart for God. So there was a hunger that caused them to listen. But even as he was talking, it says the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now, how did that happen? Because I believe what happened was when the Holy Spirit began to come upon them. They began to speak in a foreign language. Some sort of manifestation began to happen. It says in verse 45, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift, there we go, of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. How did they know? Because they were also speaking in other tongues. Isn't it funny? The theologians say that in Acts chapter 2, the reason why God gave them the ability to speak in unknown tongues was so that they could save the Gentiles. But yet the Gentiles themselves are speaking in unknown tongues. Why? To save the Jews? No, the purpose of this language is not just to save other people or to share the goodness of God. The purpose of this language is primarily to pray and to have this supernatural contact with heaven. Because when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're not speaking unto man, you're speaking unto God. You're speaking mysteries. You're speaking truth. You're speaking at a, at a pace and at, a, at, an, at, a, at an energy, at an understanding and at a power that human tongue cannot really capture. And so I want to encourage us this morning to say, if you don't pray in tongues, if you don't have, if you do not have this, have experienced this grace yet, I want, I want to position your faith at a place you're saying, I want this. Maybe you're like some of us that have it, but you haven't used it in a while. You know, sometimes you can be in a church setting and sort of like, I'm saved and what about baptized, and, you know, "I, I sort of spoke in tongues in 1982. I just want to, I just want to speak into that. I want to say, this is something that you want to use Daily this is a gift, this is a grace, this is a prayer language, and I think it's very powerful when that begins to happen. The next, uh, I want to also point to you that Acts chapter 10 was 11 years after the day of Pentecost. Wow. See, sometimes we read and we're like, oh yeah, the next day Peter went there and Philip got people saved. No, no, this was 11 years. So, Constantly, over a decade, whenever God would come, whenever the Spirit of God would move in, a, in an atmosphere, in a church meeting, one of the greatest evidences of His presence there and His power coming upon people was when people began to speak in an unknown language. And I like uh, the story of Paul. If you don't know the story of Paul, Paul was not always Paul. His name was Saul, and he hated Christians, and he was sort of on, a, on, a, on, a, on, this, on this journey to take out people. And the Bible says that he has this massive conversion, and he encounters God. They call it the Damascus Road Encounter. He encounters Jesus... And so I'm using Paul as an example because even in his own encounter, I won't read the Scriptures, it says that there was a guy that God God used called Ananias, and when Ananias prayed on him, prayed for him rather, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Again, now you might say, but there is no evidence that Paul spoke in tongues. Well, let's read 1 Corinthians 14. In fact, this is what Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues and more than any of you. And, and, and here's the amazing part. If there's anybody that's taught more about this topic in the Bible, it's Apostle Paul, who's written three-quarters of the New Testament. And it tells me something, that when you pray in this language, when we pray this way, God fills you with mystery and understanding and revelation and knowledge that is beyond what you can humanly handle, and it's powerful, church. I want to encourage you this morning. In fact, if you're here and you're like, I, I want to receive this, well, I want to encourage you to stay for the 11 a.m., because at the 11 a.m., we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for God to touch you. We're going to pray for God to fill you. We're going to pray for His anointing to fall. We're going to pray for you to speak in other tongues. And if you are here and maybe you pray in tongues, I still want you to be here. Because how many of you know that some of us need an oil change? Some of us need, a, some of us need something fresh in our lives. And so I want to encourage us. to. I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm preaching faith into your situation saying, I'm preparing myself for a God encounter at the 11 a.m. Next occasion. In the book of Acts is in Acts chapter 19. And this is a funny one because here is Paul, he's going to the Ephesian church. It looks like these guys have been having church for a while, but check out what it says. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, that's modern-day Turkey, and finding some disciples, that's his Christians, he said to them, Do you did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And then it says, They said to him, We have not even heard. Of something called the Holy Spirit, we have never heard about this Holy Spirit. Now, I want I want to say to you that you may be exactly there. You might know Jesus, and maybe you've been coming to Downpour, and you're like, you've maybe heard someone up here saying a few words, and you thought maybe I was speaking in my mother tongue when I did that. You might have you might have you might have just heard someone say something, and you thought it was gibberish. I want to encourage you. Maybe you've not had much experiences in this, but what I love about this text is. Paul doesn't even take time to explain it. He just starts praying for them. So it says in verse three, he said to them, "Into what then were you baptized?" They said, "Into John's baptism." Then Paul said, "John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus." Verse five. And they heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And again, there you go. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied can i tell you church tongues was not just a one-time occurrence that was for the early church it was an ongoing experience and i believe the reason why there's so many christians in church that are depressed is because we are not filled with the holy spirit and it's almost like we need to we need to show that we are happy even this morning in worship i felt 80 percent of this church was unhappy I'm not joking, I, I really felt, when I walked in, I felt a spirit of depression in this room. I turned to Lee and I said, there's something in this room, we've gotta break this open. And I began to feel, the Lord was saying, it's because the church is not praying, church is not utilizing that spirit. And now you're like, oh we need to have more prayer meetings. No, you need to have more prayer meetings in your car, you need to have more prayer meetings in your home, you need to have, let's just live a life of prayer. And can I say, it is very difficult to pray when you don't speak in tongues. When I pray in English, I can only pray for five minutes. But when I pray in tongues, I can be doing stuff. I can be, I can be doing all sorts of things, and I'm just using this prayer language. Can I say it is a powerful, powerful thing that God has for us. I want to take a few minutes to share some scriptures. Um, those are all the scriptures in the book of Acts that talk about tongues. But I want to share some scriptures that sometimes we have a wrong understanding about. And there's some very popular scriptures. Uh, This one particular one has to do with the will of God. Uh, It's the one that's said to you when you can't make a decision or when the other person has really failed you or when you didn't get the job or someone's rejected something. And there's a scripture that goes something like, all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. How many of you have heard that scripture? Yeah, it's a very part, like three of us. Can I ask that question one more time? How many of us have heard? A few of us. Okay, that's great. All things, you know, it's like one of the like you can you can say that scripture at Romans eight twenty eight. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we we say this all the time. Like, oh, I didn't get the job, but it's okay. All things work together for the good. I'm breaking up with you. It's okay. All things work together. You know, <laughs> I'm quitting this thing. All things. It's it's a great it's a great scripture, isn't it? It's like one of those. It's like the disclaimer from Optus, when we're trying to get out of the plan, you just need to chuck in the Romans 8, you know, all things work together. It's like, I don't understand everything, but all things work together. This is, this scripture is the classic poster child when it comes to the will of God. But do you know what it says a few scriptures above? That's 28. And that's the problem when we just read one scripture. Now, why don't we read 26? Check out what it says, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, so when, when, see, the problem with our generation is we think weakness is sin. The Bible doesn't call weakness sin. Let me tell you what the Bible calls weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is I struggle to pray. One of my weaknesses, I do not know what the will of God is. Why? Because I'm a human. I do not know how God thinks. I'm not God. If I knew how He thinks, I would be God. So those are some of our weaknesses. Those, that word weakness there is not sin. That word weakness there is human limitation. So let's read it again. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our human limitation. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us when we do not know the will of God. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us when we do not know how to pray. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us when we do not know the plans we have. But then check out what it actually goes on to say, for we do not know what we should pray. How many of you think that's a relieving scripture right there? Yeah. I don't know how to pray. Thank you, Paul. You're saying exactly what, I th- what I'm thinking. I don't know. We do not. Literally, the Bible is saying you don't know how to pray. We do not know how we should pray for, as we ought to. But check out what it says. But the Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself makes intercessions with us with groanings that cannot be uttered. you know that word "they uttered? People think it's like this mystical underbelly thing that the Holy Spirit is doing. No, that word uttered is that cannot be humanly uttered. But when you pray in tongues, you are uttering those things because the Holy Spirit is praying through you. Verse 27, now he, who is he? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of Christ, a mind of the Spirit, is, because He, who the Holy Spirit, makes intercessions for the saints. Who are the saints? Me and you. Makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. I shared this last week. There have been times when I prayed in English, saying, "God, make this happen." God, make this happen. And then I pray in tongues, and I realize I'm praying exactly what I'm praying exactly opposite to what I was praying in English because the Holy Spirit was praying the will of God. How many of you think that's relieving? When you do not know the will of God, that you can pray in tongues, you can pray in the Holy Spirit, and He will begin to speak and communicate the perfect will of God. I may not know the will of God, but the Holy Spirit who lives in me knows the perfect will of God, and when I pray in tongues, I am praying the perfect will of God. This is such better preaching than you. I'm gonna clap myself happy this morning. The Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God. And then in verse 28, we reach our poster child scripture when it comes to the will of God and we know all things what things my weakness my humanity my lack of knowledge of the will of God work together in other words this is what Paul is saying you stuff it up by the way you pray and by the way you live but as long as you're making room for the Holy Spirit he will make all things work together for the good of God that are called according to his purpose Here's another one. Just like we've got a poster child for the will of God, we've got the poster child for prophecy. The poster child cri- scripture. No eyes have seen. <laughs> laughter, nervous laughter in the front row. No, no ears have heard. How many of you heard it? Oh, thus he, thus he said the Lord. Oh, thus he. No eyes have seen. No ears. I mean, what, the moment the prophet says that, we're like, we're shaking, we're trembling, and it seems scriptural, right? Let's put it up. Let's put it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. As it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor have entered into the heart of God the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. So we, re- that's right, I do not know the will of God. I cannot know the purpose of God. My eyes cannot see. My ears cannot hear. God's purposes are beyond me. But why don't we read the next part? Verse 10. But, but now God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Paul is saying, your human eyes Cannot see it. I've just like broken. Somebody wrote a two-page blog on it. You're like, i got to take that down right now because that's completely destroyed my whole theology. But this is what Paul is saying. You cannot humanly see it, but there's a spirit that lives in you who is called the Holy Spirit who can see it. And when you make room for the Spirit of God, when you make room for the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you begin to see. I don't know if you know this, but even when you're sleeping, the Holy Spirit's awake. You know, some of those dreams that you've had, that's him speaking to you, the deep things of God. Check out in verse 7, for what man knows the things of, of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. He's talking about your spirit person. He's saying your spirit person is alive and well. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. He is saying to us, we are limited. Our eyes cannot see, our ears cannot hear But we have a spirit within us that can see, and we have a spirit within us that can hear. But we make the choice to allow that spirit to speak. I love how the scripture starts with no eyes have seen, no ears have heard. Yet Paul says in the book of Acts, that which you now see and that which you now hear is the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you start using our mouth. I wonder if he starts praying in the Spirit. I wonder if you're able to see a bit more. I wonder if you're able to understand a bit more. I wonder if you're able to sense a bit more. I wonder if you're able to hear a bit more of the plans and the purposes that God has for us. Church, I want us to get hungry this morning as the worship team comes up. I want us to get hungry this morning saying, God, I need a touch from heaven. I need a touch from God. We don't have time at this service, but maybe you're here and saying, I need, it. I need a fresh touch from God. I need God to do something in my life. I need, I need God to do a work in my spirit. Church, I want to speak into, 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 that, into, your, into, into, your, into your faith and say, you know what? We're going to do that this morning. We're going to say, God, we're going to go after you. We're going to say we're positioning ourselves and we're saying, God, I need your touch this morning.